Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Of course, the show where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them from a specific moment in their past. On the show, if you listen, you'll know that we talk as much about pl- what made playing the game fun and memorable for our guest as we will about what was special and interesting and stood out to them about the context of when and how they fell in love with it for the first time. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that you can, of course, check us out on social media. And oh boy, do I recommend you do. We're on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod, where you can see not only the image that I make for the episode every week, but also a beautiful photograph of our guest, which this guest doesn't know it, but I'm going to ask them for at some point. Uh, and I'm sure I'll have many to choose from. And you'll also see something similar over on Twitter. Uh, and on Twitter, you can find us at call me by your game, but there's just the one Y. So that's B-Y-O-U-R. And you'll also see any other special things we're doing. Um, Sometimes we share even more than just what's about that episode that week. So be sure to check us out there. Uh, If you've been listening and you want to support us, you can do that a few different ways, like all podcasts, uh, leaving a uh, five-star positive rating and review for us on the Apple Podcast Store or really wherever you get your shows goes a long way for us. So um, if you've been listening and having a good time, tell us about your favorite episode. Tell us about what you love most about the show, what you want to see more of, or even maybe what was so dang cool about the guest who we had on today. Um, You can, of course, share the show with a friend, whether they love video games or the game we are discussing today. And then as you've already heard, we have a Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, which where we have way more shows or stuff from video games, a comedy show there, super NPCs inside video games um, with July Diaz and so much more. But that's it for the housekeeping. And now we can introduce our guest who, I mean, I want, I mean, city planner extraordinaire uh, and, and the, and the 
key to all of your hearts, Scott Theed. Welcome on the show. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Hey, thank you for taking the gosh darn time because the show is nothing if it's just me rambling on each week. Um, it's so good to have you, Scott. As, as some of the listeners might know, I know you like I know many guests, which is through the Los Angeles improv community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it today and I'm pretty positive that I met you through our mutual friend, Drew Marquardt. That's true. I met you first, I believe, after your 401 class show taught by Nick Mandernock that you guys were in with oh. Meg Joe before you started your three prov team kicker. Yes. Um, Scott's a historian, if the listener couldn't already tell. I, you know, I remember things that don't matter. No, I love this because I usually feel how you're feeling and I'm excited to watch someone else do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember that. And then I just remember seeing you um, around in the scene a lot and you started hosting shows and and doing a lot of stuff. And, and it's been nice to just get to know you better over the past few years, especially learning that you um, are someone else who loves video games. It's great to always have someone to talk to. Like I remember when I first got um, Ghosts of Tsushima, I just texted you and I was like, I saw you yes. tweeting about this game. This game is so fun. I'm so glad I could talk to you about it. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's always nice to find a fellow enjoyer of the art of video games out there. Um, because sometimes, I mean, I don't know, depending on the circles you're in or the people you're friends with, uh, many factors I'm sure, people don't always aren't always into games i know it's Mm. like such a popular thing now and it's an insanely profitable industry but it is nice to find somebody so i like to think we found each other if that's okay i i i like to think the same thing i'm (laughs) i'm very okay with that definition i love it um so we met through drew uh and i also remember watching your uh, mess all team with uh sydney nichols uh, mm-hmm. And a few other people. Um, was Brian on that team too? Rainstein? Yeah, Brian Rainstein, oh. Jeff Ross, me, Travis Coles, Caitlin Hempstead, wow. Sydney Nichols, Shakira, Pei. That's like an all-star team. I know. It was in, it was incredible. <laughs> it was such a, a fun team. I felt like we had like just a ton of really fun shows. It was it was uh a golden age in my mind at least for sure yeah i definitely i remember seeing like a late night show you all did and it was after like a class that i had it maybe was like i was in a new class like at the beginning of the next year but i remember it was really awesome so yeah i've gotten to see you do a ton of improv even some even some sketch over the years um but that's how i know you um uh, but what do you want to share about yourself with the listeners or anything else you'd like them to know about you or any, any Scott Theed things that they just can't be without? Yeah, well, um, going back to my full-on origin story, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. Um, I grew up just outside of D.C. in um, uh, a place called Bethesda, Maryland, which <laughs> video game heads will recognize the name of because that's where Bethesda Software yeah. is. <laughs> is. Um, and um, my... This will be relevant later, but my dad um, worked in construction. He's like a, a general contractor doing like home remodels and stuff. So like mm. I've always been interested in building things. Oh, um, okay. And my mom is, is uh, she works for Marriott as like a, 
like a systems analyst consultant or whatever, but she's like very controlling. And I feel like I've inherited that too, which will I'm also come all into come play together. Later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously you know me through comedy now, but through high school and college and a little after that, I was a competitive swimmer for many years. Hell yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's like super An relevant, but it's and a gamer. Right? Whoa. Worlds collide. It's such a crazy you know, Venn diagram. Um, I, but, assuming uh, I haven't pitched this yeah. on the show before, I'm sure there's like an alternate universe where High School Musical is like high school video game version where like he's like a basketball player, but also a gamer. Because <laughs> that must have been your life. I mean, it was, uh, it was always... I mean, I don't know if how much they were in conflict because like swimming, although is like a very rigorous sport, it was never considered like one of like the more jockey sports like yeah. basketball or football or something like that. So there were always people who I swam with who were like a little less um, like quintessential like jock kids. So I had friends who did also play video games and like after training so much, I think that's probably how I got into playing more different types of video games is like mm -hmm. after training so much in the mornings and evenings, like every day, you just kind of like want to relax. And so I yep. very frequently would just like turn to video games as like a way to decompress and like have fun without being <laughs> super active. Yeah. Cause I already, I already did that for the day. So, um, I still want to see the movie FYI. Like I, I believe you, but I still want to see the the movie version. If that's it. just let me dream. <laughs> um, no, I will let you dream. High school, <laughs> high school video, high school musical. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what subtitle it would be, like cheat code edition. I don't know. Yeah, we can pitch on it later for sure. Yeah, we'll. Figure and I apologize. It out. I think we've got like a slight delay at some time. So if I interrupt you, I I apologize profusely. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. It's, uh, there's a lot of tension here. So you were a competitive swimmer through like college. I think that's where you left off before I interrupted you. Yeah. Um, and then after that is when I moved to LA to pursue comedy and entertainment and obviously continued playing um, video games. It was actually when I moved to LA, I didn't really know anybody. Um, and I ended up moving in with a couple coworkers and we didn't have mm. a ton in common, but we did bond over video games quite a bit. Like we would play FIFA all the time. Oh, cool. At the time it was like FIFA 14 was the one we did a lot. Um, also like one of my roommates had an N64. So we would play Mario Kart a lot. Um, and we would like pass around a controller playing the game. Um, I think it was like skate two for oh, playstation cool. three which is like a skateboarding game that was supposed to be more realistic than tony hawk's pro skater yes. it was very difficult um but <laughs> it was fun to just try to do like crazy big air stuff and things like that that's cool i love that uh man bond, living with coworkers, but then like finding that bond uh i mean there's nothing video games can't do i feel like is the lesson here it's a lot of gaps that they can bridge <laughs> absolutely um, well, awesome. Is there anything about like you today or like what you've been up to that you feel like sharing? Do we get to cover this stuff? I mean, yeah, I think we can just like, I think we can get to get, get to it. 
killer. So before we, uh, I bug you about your history with video games in general, and we talk about a bunch of titles that you've loved over the years, um, I would love for you to introduce the game that we're going to discuss for the main event later. Sure. So the the game we'll be talking about today is a city builder game called Cities Skylines. Um, I believe it was released in 2014 um, for PC, but then later was ported onto console, um, which is where I mostly play it now um, because for a long time I didn't have like a good enough PC to do it. But um, and it's basically like a more adult and technical version of like Sim City. If you ever played that mm-hmm. game um, a while ago, um, and the whole goal of it is basically to um, construct and manage a city from from nothing and make wow. sure that people have places to live, places to work traffic is working well utilities are good um it sounds boring but for me very exciting no that sounds uh like the thrill of a gosh darn lifetime and i (laughs) genuinely can't wait to hear about you know what you like about it and what it means to you um so but before we do that of course like i said we're going to talk about your history with video games and i want to start at the beginning scott do you remember the first time you took an interest in a video game Yes. Very first time I took an interest in a video game. I believe I was in the second grade. I got a red Game Boy Pocket. Here um, we go. And Pokemon Red version, um, which I was very obsessed with. Very, very obsessed with. There it is. Um, and the other game that I got. Oh, sorry. I smacked my microphone. <laughs> no, for, that's okay. It made a really cute noise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause I'm just so excited. But the second game I got was, um, uh, and it was at the same time was, I think it was super Mario land. Ooh. Yeah. There were, they had, a uh, two super Mario land games and super Mario land three was super Mario land three Wario land. So it was probably oh, no either way. one of the first two. Yeah. It was, I think it was the first one because I think it was a game that was originally on NES, but then they put for Game Boy as well. You know what? That must be the first one because it was as close to like a port of the first one that they could do of the NES one, but it's, it is an entirely different game. Do you remember was Mario like the sprite, like almost an ant size, like you could barely see him or was it like a clear Mario sprite? He was very small and hard to see. Um, and, and But if you got a, a mushroom and he got a little bigger, he was easier He was easier to see. Okay, yeah. I think that's the first one because he's no, it's notoriously like just so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but that's amazing, dude. Second grade. I think we're... Are you also 1990? 1991. Okay, but were, yeah. when, were you... Did you graduate high school in 09? I did, yeah. Cool, so we're, so we're the same years in school and that's also when pokemon showed up in my life and boy what how cool is it that we were there for like the genesis of what is still enormous it i feel so lucky but also old (laughs) when i go on like the pokemon (laughs) reddit uh 
like subreddits and C posts where people are like, yeah, you know, Gen 5 was my first like Pokemon generation. I'm just oh, like, my oh, my God. Oh, my Jeez. God. I'm like, and you've, you've kept up with the series, though. So you're, it's not like you're like one of like an old head like me who adores the first two, really liked the one playthrough I did of Pearl, played X once, and then got uh, the Switch one and never finished it. I'm like a, I'm a phony. You. <laughs> actually like the series and have like really stuck with it yeah i think pokemon is probably one of my most favorite franchises probably due to a lot of nostalgia factor but also like i'm a fan of sort of like light rpgs anyway um because it's like a good way for me to sort of just like insert myself into the story and like kind of like uh live the fantasy of my my own pokemon training journey uh dude so cool um yeah do you i know going back to asking specific questions about that red journey it was probably a lot but what i will ask you is were you also into like the rest of pokemania were you watching the show were you into the cards how far did it go for you yeah it uh at, at that time, I was all in. I was all in on Pokemon. I would try to rush home after school in time to be able to watch the anime when it was on. Um, I tried to get Hell a lot yeah. of cards. I was a card collector, though, at the time. I I feel like I was too young to understand how the card game worked, and I also Certainly. wasn't that interested in it. I just more wanted the cards to collect them mm-hmm. and, and like look at and stuff. Um, and I was reading like as many guides as possible. I like uh. bought like Pokedex books and stuff and tried to like learn about all the Pokemon and everything. Um, and yeah, I was, I was definitely, definitely into it. That's amazing. Do you remember, um, like, did you have a favorite Pokemon from that generation? Like the first one, or is it hard to choose? Well, it's definitely hard to choose, but I think probably from the original 150 slash 151, my favorite Pokemon would be either Jolteon or, or maybe Kadabra. Both badass as hell. So Love good. Him. On and, my team almost every time I played through. Hell yeah. And Kadabra, I mean, like, especially if you ha- don't happen to have a friend to trade with, like, Kadabra could be your, like, psychic, like, yeah, bringer of pain. So that's cool. Yeah, um, I never I never had Alakazam. <laughs> wow. And that was out of principle. Um, so that was obviously a huge game for you. Um, after in the, it's sort of like your introduction to games in general. Do you remember, like, maybe your next big impactful game or, like, were there a few you were interested throughout like going into like elementary school and junior high? Yeah. Well, so my, so started with game boy and it kind of stayed in the game boy realm until I was in like middle school. Cause my parents didn't love video games. They were like very influenced by like the news and everything where it was like video games are bad for kids or like, yeah. you know, they always wanted me to be playing outside, which I did. I did love, um, but I didn't have like a, a, a real console in my house until I was in like seventh or eighth grade when I got a GameCube. Ooh, um, yeah, baby. Ooh, so good. Um, 
And that's when I kind of graduated from pretty much just playing like Pokemon and Mario games on, uh, on Game Boy Color Advanced. Uh, and then I think the biggest game once I started playing on consoles was then <laughs> it's kind of a left turn from Pokemon, but Grand Theft Auto. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I play, I remember playing like Vice City into the ground and then, and then Ooh. I got a PlayStation 2 uh, and played like San Andreas, like a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, Ooh. like logged so many hours in those games. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't have expected that. So this, so you're already at this point, you're like a, probably still a handheld person where, because I would assume you're still playing the Pokemon games, like so mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance probably, mm-hmm. but you're also like a GameCube and PS2 person. That's so cool. Um, so let's keep moving on in your history mm-hmm. um, into like, were there any impactful games in like high school or college or did you have like a big gaming lapse at that point? Um, what was mm-hmm. your experience like? Yeah, so I didn't play too many video games towards the end of high school. Um, I think just because I was like busy with swimming and i like i guess like tried to have more like social stuff going on and just like wasn't spending as much time at home i feel like i was like trying to like i guess it was like my rebellious teenage years where it was like i never want to be home i always want to be in like my friends houses doing that stuff um but i think around that time i was cool (laughs) i know how it is man (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't want to go so far as to say i was actually cool but i i (laughs) definitely was trying very hard <laughs> to be um <laughs> right there put with it you. fairly um but i yeah so spending time at my friends houses that we would play halo a lot Ooh. um and i think at that time by that time it was like halo 3 situation nice. um and then when i went to college um we like played a bunch of xbox 360 in the dorms um we would play like FIFA, we play more Halo, uh, Call of Duty sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think I got most into Halo as like a shooting game versus Call of Duty because I was never that good at it. And I feel like Call of Duty, you just like get wrecked online if you're not like that good at it. Whereas at least with Halo, you can kind of like, you know, hold your own a little bit, even if you're like, don't have like perfect trigger fingers. Totally. Um, Yeah, and so that's probably the most video gaming I did at that time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the Xbox and th- Xbox 360 and college dorm room are synonymous to me. Like, yeah, that's just right? where, the, where that console was played in my mind, even though I know it was out as early as like 2005 or six. Um, I know i like definitely didn't get one until it was on its way out pretty yeah. much. Um, but that's just, but I'm just, I'm usually late. I'm usually that was late me to the too party with so. the 360. I got it in like August of 2012. I got one on eBay that came with Skyrim and fable. Oh my God. Uh, fable three. And, uh, and I loved, I still have it. Um, it's great, but I was also very late. So, um, after keep taking me down this journey call after college like was there any impactful because you moved to la was it pretty soon after school 
Yeah, it was like... And where did you go to school, by the way? I went to Villanova University outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, Villanova. Freaking hoops, baby. Hoops, baby. Hoops mania. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So I moved to LA like pretty quickly after college. I had like a summer job lined up here. Oh, nice. Um, So I had to like skedaddle um, out to LA and... Then I, shortly after that job is when I moved in with the coworkers that I was talking about and we would play, we would play a lot of FIFA. Um, And then I remember the next like big video game moment for me was when the PlayStation 4 came out. I like bought one like actually pretty soon after it came out, maybe like the same year or like a year after. Oh, I remember because when I wanted happened. Because I wanted to play GTA 5. Mm. Um, I yes. think I got it for my 360. Um, but it was like not as it like didn't run very well. And everyone was saying it was going to run much better on the next gen console. So yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to get a PS4 for it. Um, and I played that game so, so much. I like still play it a little bit, but not that much um just because it's like playing gta 5 online is like such a rabbit hole you can get lost (laughs) down for like hours and hours and hours um and yeah and then i guess like a couple years after that is when i kind of came back to playing pokemon um like right before sun and moon came out i like got a 3ds and went back and because i took a break from pokemon between gen 4 and gen 7 which is sun and moon um but before sun and moon i went back and played uh x and y and oh yeah omega rufi and uh, rufi omega (laughs) ruby and alpha sapphire um to sort of fill in the gap and i still skipped black and white for whatever reason until actually recently like maybe a couple months ago i played it um yes and I mean, the Pokemon games still hold up for the most part. They're like very easy. They're definitely for children, but they're like fun. It's an adventure and you still get to like weirdly feel attached to these like, like digital creatures that yeah. you catch that really you don't get to interact with that much, but you still like kind of fall in love with them. Um, it's just a very charming game series. Um, and and then after that, I got my Switch, which has been incredible. Played Breath of the Wild, absolutely loved it. Um, and other different Nintendo games. And then most recently, the my favorite console game that I've played was uh, Ghosts of Tsushima for PlayStation, right. which was very, very fun and like very, um, immer- like a very immersive experience mm-hmm. into like feudal samurai era japan um and this is just like a fun challenging but not impossible like fighting slash like a like samurai annihilation game basically you're like fighting the the hun invaders in japan um and it Mm -hmm. like felt felt like it was a mix of uh, assassin's creed too because it was not only just like straight up combat but also you had to do a lot of like sneaky assassination stuff as well a lot of stealth in that game 
So it just, it really hit a lot of sweet spots for me and I just really enjoyed it a lot. And then since then, I've just been playing a lot of, um, a lot of like my favorites over and over again. Like I play city skylines. Like I just like, we'll pick it up just whenever I feel like playing something, but don't necessarily want to start something new. Sure. Um, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Wow, really got a nice little little journey there. And I didn't even, didn't even have to ask you to take me all the way up to present day. You just did it yourself. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing all that, Scott. That was wonderful. I'm so pumped to hear from you about City Skylines, which we'll do when we come back for the break. So, Scott, I guess I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you then. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here to discuss cities, colon, skylines with Scott Deed. Scott, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. That break was really restful. I'm glad we took it. Hey, you know what? We don't do it for no reason, and this is <laughs> this episode is proof. Um, before we dive into your personal history and experience with the game, like I said, I'm going to go over a little history and context. And again, if you happen to be some crazy historian on this game or um, want to interject at any point, please do. I'll try to leave moments for that as well. Otherwise, mm. I could just talk for two straight paragraphs and that's totally fine. But here we go. Cities Skylines is a 2015 city building game developed by Colossal Order and published by Paradox Interactive. The game is a single-player city-building simulation where players engage in urban planning by controlling zoning, road placement, taxation, public services, and public transportation of an area. Players work to maintain various elements of the city, including its budget, health, employment, and pollution levels. A lot of this you touched on in your intro for the game already. Um, and the only having not played a city's uh, city skylines at all. I didn't know to what degree the simulation was. And it sounds like you're controlling a lot. Is that the case? Or do you feel like, how do you feel about how much is at your fingertips? I feel like it does get quite granular, which I think is nice. I think that if they ever release a sequel to the game, which I'm sure they're working on because they've been, it's, it's, it's a pretty niche game, but it's been, um, popular enough for them to release a lot of like add-on DLCs, like basically expanding the game. Um, so I, I, I have faith that they will release a sequel. And the one thing that I would want out of that is like some even further control for particular details. But I think that Ooh. part of what makes the game so satisfying is because you do get to make a lot of choices and get to customize things to a point where it's it just makes the 
the experience that much more fun. Um, I feel like, I, I think I, I have mentioned this to you on like a different occasion, but w- the difference between city skylines and say something like animal crossing, for example, mm-hmm. is like animal crossing. You get to do a lot of like custom stuff and like make your own like house or like other buildings, build the town, like your, uh, all that stuff. But the, the level to which you can customize is like fairly basic. I Pretty think minimal. Um, whereas for city skylines, you can, you can like control down to like whether or not an intersection has like stoplights or stop signs and whether it's like a, a four way stop or just a two way stop or things like that. Like you can really get into the nitty gritty details. And I think the game, even though you can't control individual citizens, I think the game does simulate as far down as each individual resident of the city. So like you could follow them around from home to work to fun and back home or whatever. Like you could follow around each individual citizen because it tries to have each resident like have their own like lives and path through the city to make sure that everybody is having like a good civic experience. That's cool. And a, um, uh, like realistic civic experience as opposed to like, Oh, these people are just going to work or these people are just going to fun or that would, that doesn't seem like an accurate simulation to me, but what this does seems like they're really going above and beyond to make that as possible as you can with one of these games. Yeah, I think it feels pretty realistic. At least when you're playing it, I don't have, um, like I, I'm not 100% sure like how accurate it does reflect real life. Like I'm not a real life city planner or, or anything like that. So I don't, but I do watch actually one YouTube channel. That's, I think it's, I forget the name of the channel, but basically it's a city, a real life city planner playing city skylines that I'll watch from time to time. Whoa. And I think that they, They've said that for the most part, it does a pretty good job of reflecting what real life phenomenon would be. Um, but they also approach it from, uh, when they build their cities, they approach it from a perspective of what you would be able to do in real life versus like in the game, you can kind of make some, some like, uh, like road layouts, for example, something that is like, too steep or like too sharp of a curve that would never be made in real life. But he like is like, well, I know that we, it has to be a certain, you know, degrees radius for off ramps. So I'm going to do that even though you can make it like smaller. So it is like fun to see Hmm. what like the difference between what you can just do in the game to force it to happen versus with somebody who's like knowledgeable of how things would be laid out in real life. Hmm. Um, and, and adhere to those rules. That's really cool. Huh? That's, in, that's, it's interesting and also really good to hear that perspective from not only you as someone who's played the game, but that p- actual city planner who is playing the game too. Yeah. Um, to continue on a little bit, uh, this game city skylines is a progression of development from colossal orders, previous cities in it's called cities in motion titles, um, which focused on designing effective transportation systems, um, had you played uh, the Cities in Motion or heard of that at all? No, I actually, I actually didn't know that they made 
that, but it does make sense that City Skylines is a progression off of that because I would say one of the biggest emphasis is in the game is um, <laughs> transportation, like different oh, modes of transportation. Go. So it does that feels that feels right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, City Skylines, however, uh, was first released uh, for the like just like you said for computers for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux operating systems in March 2015, with ports f- to the Xbox One and PS4. Uh, in 2017, and finally for the Nintendo Switch in September 2018. Um, mm. Do you have it on anything besides your computer? I have it on my computer and my PlayStation. I actually play it on the PlayStation the most because mm. um, it just didn't run. Like I, um, yeah i mean i just like only recently got a gaming pc and so i was just like trying to play it on my macbook and like it's a pretty it's like a pretty hefty game like it's not as involved as like anything else but it was pretty challenging to play on my like 13 inch macbook pro um so then when they did release it for console i was pretty excited about that um and then also too it's just like kind of nice to be able to like sit on your couch and play it with a controller instead of like at um at a desk just on your computer uh so i've enjoyed being able Mm. to just like couch it up (laughs) dude who doesn't like to couch it up um to sort of wrap things up here with history and context of this game um the game received favorable reviews from critics and and was commercially successful with selling over six million copies on all platforms uh, and that number hasn't been updated for two years, so it's probably actually mm. sold more than six million because that was t- March 2019 when they updated that. And like Scott was sharing, there have been many. Uh, maybe like I had, I had the page up earlier. There have been, as far as expansions go for this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve expansions for this game with the last coming in March, 2020. So yeah, you know, they could come out with one this year. I don't know if it's been announced, but maybe they're working on a new one. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but that's really all I had to share is just far as like the general history and context of the game itself. Is there anything big for that, you know, aside from your personal experience that you wanted to hit on before Mm. we move on? No, I think that the only thing that I might add is I think that part of, the popularity behind the game um, has to do with the failure that people felt happened from, I think, EA and Maxis with um, Sims City 5. Yeah. Um, they it, People felt like that was just a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. um, that I, I, I can't remember if I played it or not. I think I'm, I must have because I've always loved simulation games and city builders like i played all the way back to sim uh sim city 2000 um and 3000 whatever back on windows 98 or whatever it was um and people were just so mad <laughs> about um <laughs> sim city 5 and i think that's actually how i found out about the game was i found out sim city 5 was coming I like started reading about it and people and the reviews were terrible and everyone was like, just play city skylines instead. Um, and I think I just like started watching people playing it online. And then I, you know, was like, Oh, this is really cool. I'm going to play it. 
Cool. Yeah, yeah. That, I did see a little bit about the, I don't know if it's characterized as backlash, but yeah, that sentiment at least about around SimCity. Um, and, you know, EA, they have just, uh, they've made some good stuff, but time and time again, they find up out ways to f- really fuck up. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you for adding on to that. I'm glad you included that for the history and context, but let's move on and finally get in to your personal history with the game. Um, I do want to start, because I don't think you've mentioned this yet. Um, do you remember how you uh, discovered this game? And if, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Well, I think, so I think I did discover it as part of hearing about the backlash of SimCity 5. Um, oh. But I, I think like most of the, like a lot of the games that I've gotten into, I started watching people playing it on YouTube first. Um, uh, I try, I like, I'm somebody who kind of is like afraid to just try games like sight unseen. So a lot of times I'll watch people playing first and it will either hype me up and make me want to buy it immediately. Or I'll be like, you know, I don't know if this game is for me. I probably shouldn't get it. Yes. Um, which is great. And then also too, it's just like sometimes entertaining to watch somebody else play. Uh, it takes me back to the time of when I was either at like a selfish friend's house for a play date <laughs> and they were like, you're going to watch me play and you're like, okay. <laughs> or also having, yeah. Or like also I had an older cousin who I would spend time with for like on holidays and they always had video games around the house and I would, you know, I mean, he was older. I would have to watch a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a uh, watching look, people on Twitch does take me back in the same exact way. Right. It's like you have no controller in your hand and you're just watching them and it's like you learn to love it. You learn to love it. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, but I think you said so you had seen people. Did you so you did see people play this game online as well? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. where that was leading us? OK, cool. Um. And then is it just like, all right, it's time for me to buy it. I'm going to get it. And you first, did you first get it on your MacBook Pro? Is that what you I first did. tried it on? I did. And, you know, uh, in, well, I don't know if it's embarrassing. I mean, anybody who is like a PC gamer is just going to like laugh at this statement. But I actually bought a new MacBook to play this game. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> because the one that I had, I had from college still. And it mm. was like fine, but it was like getting a like out of date or whatever. And I had been wanting like a new computer anyway. But I what really finally got me to like bite the bullet and just get a new one was because I wanted to play city skylines and it wouldn't play on my old computer. Um, and it's funny that I still just like got another MacBook. I mean, I use my computer for a lot of stuff other than gaming, which is like why I made that choice. Um, I mean, you'd think maybe I would have just gotten like a cheap windows box, cheaper windows box to just like play it and keep my old laptop. But I, uh, yeah, no, I spent way too much money on a new MacBook <laughs> that still didn't play it that well. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so frustrating. Um, was that, did you, did it allow you to like even get into the game or was it not until the PS4 where you really finally sunk time into it? Um, you know, it actually did kind of prevent me from really getting into the game. I mean, it was definitely playable, but it was, you know, it just was like more of like a cumbersome experience. And also it just was like, 
it what i think when it first came out it was like a little harder too to play like i think that with the updates oh. and some of the expansion stuff i think it became a little bit more user friendly and things like worked a little bit better or they made it a little less like aggressively challenging in terms of like maintaining your budget um in in like the in-game budget um so i you know i do remember only playing it for a short amount of time when i only had it for my mac and then Mm -hmm. really getting into it when i got it for console okay cool well let's go to that time when you really got into it on console what do you remember that like really um that you were really enjoying about it at the start or like what kind of hooked you if you Mm. do know i think like part of what hooks me the most about it is well a a couple a couple things one is i really like puzzle games and a simulation game in my mind is just like a different kind of puzzle just with like more real world seeming um results Hmm. right because you're just you're basically trying to get all these different things to fit together um and like optimize certain things and it just is like a very um like complex layered puzzle which is really fun and then the other perspective yeah i mean i think that like i mean you could probably boil most games down into like just different kinds of puzzles, but it's when you're playing a game that doesn't necessarily have a story. Um, it, I feel like it's a totally different like strategy and it like scratches a different like itch in your brain of like, you're not problem solving to like move forward and plot. You're like problem solving to try to get to the next problem that you can solve or like, <laughs> or like make something even better than it was before and then try to get it better and better um, and like expand and then and then deal with that expansion and try to have to figure out how you can keep moving forward like based on your own decisions rather than any kind of like narrative. Um, and then also to like there's so much um, control you can have in a simulation game, especially a a city builder um, where, you know, if you're using video games to like escape a little bit, like from life is like a way to kind of unplug from reality by Mm -hmm. plugging into (laughs) not, not reality. It's, it's very satisfying to be able to, take full control of something and see um, consequences for like decisions you make. Uh, Whereas sometimes in life, it's like not that cut and dry and you don't always have Mm -hmm. say over everything that happens. I think that that's something that I find really satisfying that, um, that it really, uh, I think keeps me coming back to the game, especially when I'm in periods of my life where I feel like I don't have a ton of control I um I find myself going back to the game where I can just control everything. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like um for good or for bad, like just see what the results of something is or mm-hmm. is that what it, how it feels? Yeah, it's like it feels like and also to I mean it's a video game, right? So like there's not any 
Like it's not really going to affect anything outside the game. So you can well, take- speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, if I build a new street in the game, it's not like a new street's going to pop up in LA somewhere, but, um, uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's, and I think it's like, you can do this in other games too, but it's like a way for you to feel like you can take risks or like try things out without any, um, severe consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, cool. and also too, like I, li- especially living in a city with terrible public transportation and extremely bad traffic, <laughs> I like trying to create cities that like resolve problems that I see in the city that I live mm-hmm. in. Like I try to make sure that everybody has like good free, like free public transportation to and from work to all these different places. I make sure that like all my citizens are getting like educated and have jobs and have like parks and things to do. Like I try to think about ways that I can take what I see in my real life that I think are problems that need to be solved and like try to solve those in a, um, in like a, simulated place where um i guess it doesn't really matter but um it it it's it's just like a it's a satisfying um kind of like chore that you give yourself it's like a very it's yeah like i said it's it's a puzzle and when you go into it thinking like okay i live in a place that has terrible (laughs) highway traffic how do i make sure that in every city that i build that does not happen yeah um and and like it can be fun that's cool what have you i mean it's obviously a game but like what have you seen because that interests me too and even coming into this um you know this interview with you i was sort of just wondering what it feels like to solve those problems and how challenging they might be Mm -hmm. um what's your experience been like with the with like trying to make it so that you have a really great transportation system that works. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, um, it's always challenging because you, some, unless you plan your city very well from the beginning and have a long term, um, like view of how it's going to develop and expand, Um, which I don't always do a lot of times I'll really plan like the beginning of it and then try to like plan the next part and the next part, um, and expand that way without having like a full on master plan from the beginning. But it's hard to know exactly where people are going to want to go the most, like where are going to be the really popular areas and where, um, you know, people are going to need to go to work and, and things like that. And so, you have to figure out a way to give citizens like options, like the ability to either like walk or bike or take public transportation because you can't always force them to do one thing. But Mm -hmm. also if you give them too many options, they're always going to take the one that's easiest for them. So you have to make sure that like, for example, if you want to try to minimize pollution and keep as many cars off the road as possible then if you if you don't want people to drive to work all the time then you have to make it difficult for them to more difficult for them to drive to work than it is to just hop on the subway for example 
Yeah. Or like if you create a lot of bike paths, a lot of times it's just they'll be like, well, it's easier for me to bike to work. So then they won't drive creating like positive incentives for people to do the things that you want them to do is like the number one rule and like most important priority. Um, and then like something else that was interesting that I kind of learned is that, you know, you always think about when it, when it comes to like civic responsibility or like services that, governments or cities should provide for the people. One of the things is like education, like a good education. Um, and, but it's interesting because the way economies work is there's like always going to be like skilled and unskilled jobs. Yes. And you will find <laughs> that if you educate citizens too well or only or basically encourage everybody to have like a very high level of education. Nobody's going to want to do the unskilled jobs. So mm. you find that you have a lot of unemployment, a lot of unemployment for like, you just like can't get people to do manufacturing or like industrial jobs anymore. So you have to then create certain areas of the city where you encourage this, the, um, citizens instead of going to like university to go to like a trade school instead or to like prioritize working over going to school so that you can fill all those other jobs instead of everybody with like a phd being like well i'm not gonna drive a, a tra i'm not gonna like drive a trash truck i have a phd um yeah wow, that, what an interesting problem yeah that was something that i never considered to be a thing but and but you know it does make sense uh because in real life more recently you know people uh, people have college degrees and still can't get jobs um yep uh so it, there is like parity between real life and the problem that comes up in the game which is interesting that's so interesting oh my gosh um man i feel like i'm getting to like hear from about from you about some of the higher concept stuff you're thinking about i am curious about mm. some of the smaller stuff that you do in this game or maybe not sm smaller might not be the right word but to you scott is it is the satisfaction from this game or the enjoyment does it come from the planning and the all the hard work that comes from that and all those details that like journey or does it come from at the end of the day seeing it play out like is there does that make sense mm. yeah uh i think it's a combination of both i think that most of the i think most of the fun that i have is during is like the planning stage and like building all the stuff um mm. and then there is the like satisfaction and anticipation for when you like then turn the simulation on and you watch it kind of like grow and unfold. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, did my idea for like having like a monorail loop around the outside of the city, like was that a smart decision or is that causing problems or like, <laughs> or like, you know, I don't know. There's just like every time you play, I feel like, or at least every time I play, I try to build a city that I either try to just like arbitrarily have like rules in my mind 
where I'm like, well, I'm just going to this time I'm going to try where none of the like neighborhoods are connected by roads only through like walking paths or like rail Hmm. or like or I'll be like, I want to try to get this city as like densely populated as possible. I want to try to like get as many (laughs) citizens into the map area that I have as possible. Um, just like weird, uh, like arbitrary goals like that. And then I try to figure out how to make that happen. And then, and like, that's most of the fun for me. And then the set it's either satisfying or like frustrating in the end, seeing if it worked or not. And then if it doesn't, then I kind of like go to stage two of my gameplay of like, okay, now let me like pause the simulation again, like look at the different things that are not working or are um, like problems and what can I do to fix them in a way that like isn't necessarily just like (laughs) deleting a bunch of like people's houses and building something (laughs) in their plate like you know it's like because it's I mean it's obviously a game so like you don't really have to like (laughs) deal with any of the consequences of what you do but i try to remember like imminent domain like i don't want to like knock down a lot of buildings um it sounds like real life a little bit (laughs) i know well you know you try to think about it because it's like it could be just be so easy but then you're like oh no these are real digital people (laughs) that i'm messing with their lives so they are real digital people they're real digital people Um, you gotta you gotta care i want to make like a second comparison i made one to your life earlier but i feel like I wish I could, all this training on this game could be like your Ender's game, but it's to actually like run this fucking city we live in properly. Um, whether it be transportation, housing, education, you know, things we actually need resources for. I'd just love for you to one day, have you seen or read like the movie or read the book Ender's game? Um, you know, I haven't, but I'm like aware of the, of the like premise and of yeah. the story. Basically, I yeah. want you to uh, suddenly wake up one day and realize you've actually been running the city the whole time and you solved it. And it wasn't just your training. I would love, I mean, I would love for that to be the, the truth. I feel like I would definitely need help from real city planners and like <laughs> urban, urban developers. But, um, but I mean, I, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't say that I do pretend that sometimes in my mind of like, yeah, I, I would I would make LA better. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, uh the it's it's a lot we our city officials and our and our elected officials make it a lot harder to actually make it a healthy city for everyone. So I do believe you could probably make a difference. Um um we've gotten to hear so much about or from you about like the game aspect and what's fun for you in like a in a mi- micro and a macro sense. But I would like to know if it applies to you. Um, like when you really first got into this game or maybe along your journey, what was going on in your life? Was there any context that you wanted to share that was like interesting or memorable to you? Mm. I think the I think the times that I've gravitated to this game the most, I think I just briefly mentioned this a little bit before, but were times when I was feeling, um, you know, like I just didn't have a lot of control of what was going on in my life. And, and I felt like I didn't have like a ton of agency or Hmm. had much of like a, um, 
like a like a real world purpose um yeah you know i mean trying to have a, a career in the entertainment industry is like very difficult and a lot of times you are at the behest of powers that be that you can't always influence you know um and oh, yeah. i think that this particular game for me is like a very specific escape from that issue that I encounter in my life, like fairly frequently um, because wow. it does give me that sense of I can control something. I can create something um, that that's <laughs> meaningful in the sense of, of that. I'm basically like making a puzzle that works. Um, that's like successful and efficient and, you know, it really, um, it, it, it's a, it's so cool. It's like a very like nerdy solution to loneliness at times. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I feel like it's been really important for me to have a game like this. Um, just as like a means of, of keeping myself occupied in a way that's not like totally rotting my, my brain when I'm mm -hmm. feeling down. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's really cool. Really, really cool to hear. And I can definitely, um, relate to you on the, like, the lack of a sense of like control in your life and one mm. that desire to have agency. So like I, that, that makes a lot of sense that like this sort of game could really um, serve a purpose for you and be in that space in your life. That's a real, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, do you have any, um, was, were there any specific memories tied to this game or is it more just like that general, exactly what you just shared? It's, I think it's mostly general, but only because I play this game like so often. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one that I, it, cause it has like an insane, because it doesn't have one story, it's got insane replay value in the mm -hmm. sense that, you know, every time you play, it's a little bit different cause it's a simulation. So yeah, I, it's a game that I go back to like over and over and over again. And so having it be tied to like one specific memory is just like kind of difficult because almost every time I play it, it like kind of <laughs> overwrites the save file in my brain of yes. like the time I played it before <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like I, you know, I unfortunately can't give you like a, like a journalistically perfect story of, of, That's okay. of one moment. I do um, have something else I'll ask you though. Great. Do you have like a, a, a thing you did in the game, whether it's like a thing you built or like a an infrastructure you accomplished um, that was like the coolest thing you did or the thing you're most proud of or most memorable? Wow, that's, oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, there have been a few different things. One thing that, was really fun was I built a city that was all circles. 
So every, <laughs> so like, I'm in, like, I think most standard, like Manhattan, for example, it's like a grid, right? But I basically mm -hmm. did like a concentric circle grid instead. So it was just like a bunch of rings. And then, Whoa. um, and I also made it so that most of the streets were like elevated off the ground. And as mm. they got further into the center of the city, they got like higher off the ground so cool. that there was like more space underneath. Um, and so it kind of looked like, like a big cone. <laughs> Whoa, this is crazy. And it basically was like, like a, like a canopy sky network of roads with like all the buildings underneath versus the <laughs> other way around, which was just like a very, um, I felt like it was very cool, uh, and super like impractical and unnecessary, but it just was like, I was in the mood of like, I want to make like a very non traditional city. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing I did too, was I was like, okay, like Venice, Italy heard of it. They have like all the canals and gondolas mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was like, that sounds like really appropriate for a not super modern city that's on the water, but let's try it mm -hmm. on like a modern level. And so I like picked like a more watery map or whatever. And instead of normal roads, I made like a ton of canals <laughs> and basically yeah, like the main, did. the main mode of transportation was just like ferries going like throughout the whole city. Incredible. Um, which was like, it was very fun to do, but it was like extremely, it was extremely stupid. I love <laughs> stupid. that. But That's it was so just like a fun challenge. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I'm like, uh, I'm like kind of like an, uh, like an environment freak in real life. I mean, I guess I could do a lot more to be better for the environment in my own personal life. But if I had like one genie wish, I would probably, it would probably be a wish for the environment somehow. Um, hmm. So in the game, I try to do everything like as like eco friendly as possible. Oh, cool. um, and somewhat recently, maybe a couple months ago, I made it so that the city was essentially carbon negative. Whoa. Which was re which was really fun. Dang. Well, hero of the episode, obviously you. <laughs> Do you have a picture of either the like canal city or the like cone street city? Like, or do you, did you delete those files? Are those still around? So they might be, I'll have to check. If I, um, they are, I just request a screenshot of either of them, but if they're not, no big deal. Cause I would love to see those. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look later tonight. I know that like. A lot of times it, I, it ends up basically it's like, it's, it's got auto save on. So like, unless you have it saved to a new slot, it will rewrite, it'll overwrite yes. what was there. So I just have to look and see, but if not, I'm sure there's like something like weird or somewhat cool. That I could send you a picture of, okay. but I don't know about, Please do. uh, I don't know for sure about those ones, but we'll see. Okay. No worries either way. Um, well, I do feel like I've gotten here uh, just so much great stuff from you from, you know, both of the areas we try to cover on the show. Um, but before I uh, walk you through a couple fun post-show segments, mm. um, would you mind just wrapping up like um, the this game's like place in your life or any uh, like your general feeling about it? Yeah, I think that 
you know, just in conclusion, it's a really, it's like, um, if you look at games or like kind of any like consumable media, I feel like it's kind of an arc between real life and fantasy. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can get further and further into fantasy by, you know, with like the different kinds of games. And I, but I feel like this particular game for me is a real like, um, anchor between like some, like halfway between fantasy and, and real life in a way that a lot of other games aren't. And Mm. for that reason, it like serves a lot of personal purpose. Um, but also, just ends up being satisfying in in ways that that other games aren't cool that's awesome well thank you again for sharing um and now we will move to our uh, to our final two um segments of the show the first of which is the fact me by your game segment and this is just where i share facts about the game with you the guest um great so here is the first one i have titled Planning schmanning. Let's govern. So, Finnish Ooh. developer Colossal Order, a 13-person studio at the time, Sk- Cities and Skylines was released, which is crazy. Just 13 pers- people working on this game. Right. Um, they had established a reputation with the Cities in Motion series, which we talked about earlier. Um, and they wanted to move from that original idea into a larger city simulation like the SimCity franchise. And in prep... Uh, they developed Cities in Motion 2 using uh, using a game engine to assure they had the capability to develop this larger idea. Um, they pitched their ideas to their publisher, Paradox Interactive, but these initial pitches were now focused on the political angle of managing a city rather than the planning of it, so more of like the governing. Mm. Um, and the player, if this would have gone through, would have been um, the mayor of the city, uh, and set like edicts and regula- regulations to help their city grow. Um, but they felt like this didn't represent their idea strong enough um, to the people who were getting pitched. So they eventually mm. say, scrap this idea and we got what we have today. But I thought that was just really interesting what it could have been. Would that appeal to you at all? <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely would. I think that even it's... Even more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even more. I mean, I think that it's like the diff- there's such a difference between building a city and like running a city that like yeah. I just I wonder if you can do both in the same game like in mm. a, in a really effective way without maybe um I mean I guess you could if you kind of mm. c- kind of like toggle from like city developing mode to like governing mode but i I will say it is definitely interesting to me i play this other game a lot called democracy three okay (laughs) um (laughs) which is basically the you are like the president or like leader of a country you get to select like australia or great britain or the united states something like that um and the the whole interface is just like charts and graphs graphs and you have to like (laughs) set different budget things and implement different like policies and all this stuff to try to like fix whatever 
um, societal problems they like give you at the beginning. And it's like very nerdy, but it's like, it's very fun. And it also is like the same thing of like, I'm going to try to fix the things that I wish I could fix in the real world. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely is up my alley. um, Cause I'm interesting. I'm I'm boring like that, but that sounds great. Um, Well, yeah, well, that's the first one. The second and final fact for you I have titled modding is a way of life. Mm. Uh, The first question I'll ask you is, do you do use any modifications for this game? So that's the that's the thing about playing mostly on console. You can't really take advantage of the mods like you can on Mm. On PC on PC because they're I think they're mostly like available through the Steam store or whatever like i'm sure you can like download those packets separately i mean you might be able to i just don't know and it's not easy enough for me to do it okay but interesting i know modding the game is like a huge thing like a lot of the hardcore players mod a lot of stuff and if they do make a sequel i'll probably play it on pc mostly just so i could do that yeah um yeah, basically, that's what I was going to share with you is like how not only is this game like huge with mods are huge in this game, but like it was built from the ground up to be friendly to player created mods, which not mm. all developers will do for whatever for several reasons. But um, but it, they like basically decided to embrace this idea. And even within a month of the game's release, over 20,000 assets had been created in the workshop that's available, including modifications that enabled a first-person mode and a flying simulator. Um, oh my god. And then as of February 2020, there's over 200,000 user-creative items that are available. Um, so pretty, pretty crazy. But That's insane. I mean, and I always do love when developers and game houses make that their things mod friendly. I feel like that like really goes back to the spirit of like computers and the internet of like open source and collaboration. I like really love that. I love that too. I'm right there with you. And I think it obviously was a huge thing and the community is only even more into that to the game because of it. Mm. Um, but that's the end of the fact me by your game segment. I will now transition us to the game recommendation segment. And Scott, as I tell all of my guests, this is my one forced tie into the movie. <laughs> Call me by your name where I'm going to treat city skylines as your passionate summer love army hammer. And these next three game recommendations are going to be potential future partners. I see for you based on that relationship. So there's going to be some connections some rebounds in here, some very obvious choices. We'll see. Um, okay. The first recommendation I have for you is that, Scott, if you'd like to uh, not only build up a base, but destroy a base, mm. I'll recommend to you StarCraft Two. Have you ever played a StarCraft game? I have. I think it was the first one. It was like a oh, long cool. time ago on like very old computer. I think it was like my mom's like old work computer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Played the, yeah, it was like age of empires, but with like aliens. Bingo. So yeah. So just, I would maybe even check it out on Twitch sometime, watch somebody play it. But um, that's the first rec for you. The second recommendation is if you want a little builder game, but you love your JRPGs, 
then I'll recommend to you Dragon Quest Builders. Have you heard of this game? No, but a JRPG also sounds very fun, so I'm super interested in what it is. Yeah, it's, of course, part of the Dragon Quest franchise, but they have a lot more, uh, like a ton of building elements to it. But there is the, like, battle um, stuff that goes into that game as well. So who knows? And lastly, the final recommendation for you, the the crudita, as they say, uh, is, uh, Scott, I know you love cities. I know you love planning cities. But if you like one thing more than cities, I know it's zoos. So I'm going to recommend to you Zoo Tycoon. Ooh. <laughs> Do you know this game at all? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't have it. I've never played it, but I... Well, that's not true. I have played it, but I don't have it. The tycoon games are so fun. The like theme park tycoon, mm-hmm. roller coaster tycoon, yeah, zoo tycoon. There's one actually that's recent that I don't know if it's actually Jurassic Park branded or not, but it's basically a roller coaster tycoon for a Jurassic Park. Wow. That yeah, check it out if that's something that interests you. It seems really interesting to me. However, I watched some gameplay. I read some reviews, and the reviews are very mixed, so I wasn't hmm. ready to shell out the coin for the yeah. game. But it is, um, I mean, it's a fantastic idea, and I mean, it could be very, very fun. Okay, interesting. Well, I guess we'll stick with the zoo animals for you for now. Yeah, yeah, that's um, better. But that'll end the game recommendations. And Scott, that will actually bring us to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get out of here uh, and and plug plug to our heart's desires, I just wanted to say thanks again for taking the time to do this. Thanks for sharing all about your, you know, so much video game stuff for you, but specifically with uh, what you liked about Cities Skylines. Um, so thank you. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug, whether it's social media, anything you're want to just throw out there? We can always put it in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, let's just stick my, uh, my, my Twitter mostly in the, in the show notes. I, I love spending too much time on, on Twitter. Um, Hell yeah. so yeah, at SW feed, it'll be in the show notes cause it's not super easy to spell. Um, but other than that, really like to just plug, um, uh, uh, living in the present. Hey, my- we'll put that in the show notes as well. That's my latest project. Check it out in 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 the in the world in front of you every day. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love that's the best kind of wreck. Well, well, thanks again, dude. Uh, I'm gonna close this out with some plugs, but appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a really good time. All right. Well, here we go. The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his wonderful uh, other works on Instagram at at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. As we've already discussed this show, you can support the show by uh, subscribing to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash super radio at even the lowest tier. You get a weekly show from myself and show producer Jeremy Schmidt called Super NPCs, where we talk about any gaming topic we really feel like. Uh, And this show also has a monthly deep dive book club style episode, the Call Me By Your Game co-op. We just recently did Wii Sports, and soon we will have uh, Professor Layton and the Curious Village dropping. Um, This uh, show, like I said, is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games A Comedy Show, which streams live on my Twitch channel every Friday, close to 6 p.m., 
check our socials to be sure. And that's at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And then lastly, I am also on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. That will do it for this episode of call me by your game. We will see you on the next one.